And while you yet remain standing, there is a word in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. 2 Kings, not first, but second. That's in the Old Testament. You want to go there. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. Maybe when you get home, you might want to read verses 1 through 11. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1, and it reads, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. It's in the B portion where it reads, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine or your house in order. And that's what we need to preach today. Set your house in order. Look at somebody and just say, Set your house in order. God bless you and you may be seated. A very good friend of mine, He and I one day scheduled to go somewhere, so I had to meet him at his house. When I arrived, he did not invite me in, but I had to wait outside. I actually sat in my car till they got ready. It took him a moment. When they finally came to my car, I questioned him, and you know, when you're good friends, you can say some things. And, I just I had to share with him. I said, man, why did you leave me out there all that time waiting? Hey, man, I, I felt it was a little rude to have me out there and didn't invite me in. And he said, well, he said, I know how meticulous you are. And I didn't want to invite you in because my house was in a mess. <laughs> in other words, uh, he was embarrassed because his house was not in order. And, and that, that feeling of embarrassment we should have any time we are trying to welcome the presence of God and invite God into our tabernacle when our house is not in order. <laughs> I mean, we do recognize that uh, God's spirit is holy and he, he wants to he wants to dwell in something clean rather than an unclean temple. Uh, as we began uh, 2024, and I cannot uh, say it enough, it's nothing but the grace of God that we are at this point of this year. And as we began this year of 2024, uh, God's message today as it was uh, in the days of Hezekiah, uh, his message is to set your house in order. <laughs> uh, we see this in our text for in 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 1, we, it reads, in those days, it was the days when a good king uh, was serving uh, over Israel. His name was Hezekiah. 
even though Hezekiah was a very good man, like all people, uh, he was not exempt from sickness. He was not exempt from death. The Bible says that in those days uh, he was sick unto death, and there was a prophet, a prophet that we many of us are familiar with by the name of Isaiah. This is the same Isaiah uh, that we uh, read the prophecies of in the book of Isaiah, and. God uh, sent uh, the prophet Isaiah with a message to give to the king by the name of Hezekiah. Uh, when Isaiah entered into the area where the king was lying, I'm sure that uh, it was the king's hope that Isaiah was coming with some good news. Uh, so often when uh, people are ill and they're uh, lying on their bed of affliction, they're happy to see the men of God. They're happy to see their, their preacher. They're happy to see their pastor because often he represents good news. Well, hear this. Unfortunately, Isaiah's message was not what you would call good news to Hezekiah because uh, Isaiah uh, told Hezekiah that he was there, uh, obviously on divine orders. Uh, uh, he was there to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. Allow me to just pause for a moment with that thus saith the Lord because we need to understand what real good preaching is. So often what we call good preaching is not even preaching. Uh, good preaching uh, is not necessarily how the preacher makes us feel. Good preaching at its best is what thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Which means week after week when you come here, you, you really do not need to hear uh, what I got to say. You need to hear what God has to say through me. If it's from me, it's not legit. If it's from me, it's not helpful. But uh, when it's from the Lord through me, that's when you are blessed and that's when you benefit. So Isaiah did not come with a human message. He did not come with a message of his own, but he came with a message from God. And that's why he said, thus saith the Lord. Uh, God spoke through Isaiah to tell the king Hezekiah uh, that he was to set his house in order because uh, he was going to die and not live. Uh, today, God is speaking to us uh, on similar terms. We may not be lying on our bed of affliction, but uh, there is a reason why God has blessed us to be alive, to enter into this year known as 2024, because uh, uh, he has something for us to do. In other words, he's not through with us yet. Had uh, God been done, we would not have made it through the pandemic. Uh, had God been done, uh, we would not have survived uh, COVID-19. When others were uh, dying, you and I, we survived. Some of us even were afflicted by it, and we still survived. And all of it is because uh, God is not through with us yet. <laughs> 
the fact that you and I are still alive, uh, there is something behind this. God has a reason. God has a purpose for our life. We, it's, it's just not a coincidence. Uh, it's not uh, accidental that you and I arrived on the scene at such a time as this. We could have been born in the days of a Adam. We could have been born in the days of Abraham. We could have been born in the days of Daniel. We could have been born in the early days of the New Testament, but uh, God uh, saw fit to bring us into the world at, at the time that he did, and, and we're still alive because God is keeping us alive. It's God who uh, is sustaining us. Uh, uh, all of us have uh, seen, uh, have experienced seen and unseen dangers, uh, uh, accidents that were almost, and some of us had accidents that could have killed us, but they did not, all because the hand of the Lord is upon us and he's protecting us. I, I need to encourage somebody today because perhaps you're faced with some darkness and the darkness you're faced with is that of the unknown. It is the uncertain. But uh, I, I just don't believe that the Lord would bring any of us this far to leave us right now. I just need to remind somebody that your life is in good hands. And I'm not talking about all state, but... Your life is in the hands of the Almighty, and, 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 and you're not going to leave here any sooner than what he sees fit. Somebody go ahead and give God some praise on that one. So Isaiah told Hezekiah to set his house in order, and he told him this because he was going to die. He was going to experience the inevitable. Uh, the Bible tells us that it's appointed unto a man who wants to die. All of us have to experience this situation in the Bible says after death is the judgment. And, and I realize people don't like to talk about death, but uh, death is real. <laughs> yes, uh, don't, don't fool yourself and have yourself thinking that just because you feel good that you're going to be here forever. All of us have to leave here, as, as often stated. Uh, don't think that we're going to always be attending somebody else's funeral. Because if we have one, somebody's going to attend ours. Do y'all hear what I'm trying to say? So death is inevitable, and I think I need to develop a key idea from that. Uh, since death is inevitable, look at somebody say, so you can't get around it. Uh, since death is inevitable, uh, people should set their house in order. Amen. So let me translate it in another way. Because you and I are going to have to leave this world, we're going to have to stand before God. God is saying to us now at this, uh, in this second Sunday of uh, January uh, 2024, he's saying to each of us, set your house in order. I don't think your neighbor is hearing. Look at that neighbor again. Get somebody's attention and just say, set your house in order. So the key idea for those of you outlining the message, since uh, death is inevitable, people should set their house in order quickly, uh, briefly, uh, expeditiously. What are characteristics of people who set their house in order? Well, first of all, people, uh, yes, uh, who set their house in 
order are real. Everybody say real. I'm gonna go through these very fast. Uh, there's a, there's, unfortunately, there are, uh, a, there are a lot of people in the church who are not real. And, and really, that's one of the uh, biggest hindrances, one of the biggest impediments, one of the biggest uh, uh, obstacles to the growth of the church. And that's when people on the outside uh, uh, perceive folk on the inside as being here that's either like them or worse than them. Uh, when you and I succumb, when you and I conform to the world and we're doing the things of the world, uh, the world then takes on a mindset, why should they come to church when the, a lot of the people, not all, but a lot of the people in the church uh, are just as bad as them and in some cases worse. <laughs> Do y'all hear what I'm trying to say? <laughs> So the perception of the world uh, when it comes to a lot of church people is that people are not real. Well, hear this. People who are real, they want to um, set their house in order because they don't want anything to hinder their relationship with God. Uh, I mean, when, you, when you're real, uh, hear this. What, what you, your belief in God is real. Your belief in God is real because uh, you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is real. Uh, I just wonder. <laughs> I see some folk clapping in the back, but I'm wondering all over the sanctuary uh, how many of us, uh, uh, we have it deep down inside of us as far as our belief of knowing and believing in that God is real. <laughs> I mean, if, if you really believe that he's real, you don't have to be ashamed about it. If you really believe that he's real, you should be glad to tell somebody about it. Just uh, So why don't you look at your neighbor right now and just say, neighbor, I know that God is real because I can feel him in my soul. Come on and praise him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So people that are real, they, they want to set their house in order. Now, there may be a few listening to me right now here, as well as by way of streaming, that uh, have no desire to make any improvement when it comes to their life. But I'm saying when you're real about God, you want things to be right. You don't want anything to interfere with your relationship with God. If that's the truth for you, go ahead and give God some praise. Uh, secondly, I told you I'm not going to work on these points too long today. Uh, people uh, who set their house in order are right. Everybody say right. Uh, now, y'all stay with me because I know some folk who look at themselves as always being right. So right in this case, right in this context does not mean that they are always right. So let me clarify. Right in this context means that they have the right relationship with God. To have the right relationship with God, it must be through Jesus Christ. You do remember Jesus saying in John 14 and 6 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Be careful when uh, you uh, engage in conversations with other people of other beliefs and they'll uh, try to get you to compromise by saying uh, that we, we serve the same God. 
if we do not serve uh, this God through Jesus Christ, uh, we do not serve the same God. Uh, yes. Uh, just because they may believe that he created the world, just because they may believe uh, that he had something to do with Adam, had something to do with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, still that does not mean that we serve the same God. The uh, only way we can uh, reach that common denominator is through his beloved son. It has to be done through Jesus because Jesus is the way to God. So I say this, in order for us to uh, be right here, this, uh, it can only happen uh, by being born again. We can only have the right relationship. And hear this, it's so important for us to have the right relationship. Uh, you don't want to live having the wrong relationship. It's important to have the right relationship. And the only way to have the right relationship, we have to be, we got to be, we must be born again. Will you put some more hands together on that? But thirdly, people who set their house in order are ready. <laughs> All right, everybody say ready. Oh, yes, I, I'm moving from real uh, to right and now right to ready. I, I still hear the voice of uh, uh, that lady I grew up under uh, in those days when we would go to BTU. Anybody remember BTU? Uh, uh, yes, it was, it was something as a child to go to Sunday school and then be in church all day because to go to Sunday school and then have to sit through a, a 11 o'clock service and then after after that, sometimes there was a three o'clock service, and, and then the three o'clock service sometimes had to end because they had to start BTU, and, and BTU was not the, the, the climax, amen. After BTU, you had night service. Are oh, y'all still with me? So some of us remember those days when Sunday really meant being in church uh, all day. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I remember BTU, and there was a lady who used to be the director of uh, uh, the BTU at the church where I grew up in, and she said, she said something way back then that still resonates with me today, and she said, it's time out for getting ready. She said, we must be ready. And, and you know what? Uh, we got to be careful with that whole concept of I'm getting there, I'm getting, I'm getting. Uh, Jesus wants us to be there. For example, when Jesus returns, uh, uh, we don't want to be like the five foolish virgins who were getting ready. Amen. We want to be like the five wise virgins uh, who were ready. Come on and put some more hands together. So in today's message, uh, yes, it's entitled, Set Your House in Order. Everybody repeat, Set Your House in Order. Uh, our, our sermonic text is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. Uh, we have stated that since, uh, as a key idea, since uh, death is inevitable, people should set their house in order. We discuss three characteristics of people who set their house in order. I need y'all to throw them back at me. First of all, people who set their house in order are what? Real. And then secondly, people who set their house in order are what? And then thirdly, people who set their house in order are what? Why don't you give God some praise? Y'all got that good. My brothers and sisters, when I look at this text, we see where 
<sighs> Isaiah went with a message to Hezekiah telling him to set his house in order because he was going to die. <laughs> uh, when you read further, you see where Hezekiah did the right thing. The Bible says he turned, in verse 2, his face to the wall, and then he prayed unto the Lord. Understand, uh, when Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, that denoted that he was turning away from everything and everybody in order to turn completely to the Lord. Which means in order to, to hear this, in order to turn completely to the Lord, we got to tune out all of our distractions. We have to tune out all of our surroundings. Maybe today some uh, are not experienced an effective prayer life because you got too many distractions around you and you do remember that God is a jealous God and, and he wants all of our attention. He, he doesn't want us praying when he's got to compete with the television. He doesn't want us praying when he's got to compete with uh, us texting and doing other things simultaneously. Uh, he wants all of us. He wants all of our attention. If we want all of God, God's got to have all of us. When I look at the text, I see where Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, which again suggests he had to tune out everybody and everything. Uh, by turning his face to the wall, then he was able to pray to the Lord. I like something about Hezekiah because when I look at verse 3, uh, how he prayed, it helps me in my prayer life. You know, uh, uh, we can learn how to pray sometimes by just observing how our biblical heroes prayed. And in verse 3, you see where he said, I beseech thee, O Lord. Uh, he, he, he entreated God. He, he, he came to God, and this is what he said. He said, remember now how I walk before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in thy sight. And then parenthetically, verse 3 ends with by saying, and Hezekiah wept sore. Now hear this. Uh, the reason why I said that prayer has helped me a lot because uh, I've had times in my prayer, and I do it quite often, uh, I'll, I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, remember me. Re re remember, hear this. I'll say, Lord, remember the good that I've tried to do. Uh, now, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get fake and phony with God. I, I acknowledge I have failed many times. But, but there's a lot of good that I try to do. I'll, 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 sometimes I pray and I say, Lord, remember how I, I gave up my youth uh, for you. I didn't ask for this job. You put it upon me. I even tried to run from doing this job, but you did not allow me to escape. I, I've been preaching since I was a teenager. I, I've been a pastor all of my adult life. I, I, I mean, I gave up the things of the world. Yes, uh, it's been tough. It's been rough. Uh, but I'll say, Lord, remember the good that I tried to do. I, I, I stood hear this when, when folk didn't want to hear me. I stood when folk were talking about me. I, I, I stood when my name was on the highway. I said, Lord, re remember the good that I've tried to do. I, I, by, by, your, by your grace and mercy, I've led hundreds to you. Uh, many I've, uh, I, I was able to lay in that grave, uh, but at the same time, they were able to die in the Lord because you used me 
to, to teach them and preach the word. I said, Lord, remember the good that I've tried to do. I'm just trying to help somebody in your prayer life because I believe there's some other folk in here uh, who, who have tried to do good. You haven't always done the right thing, but in your heart, you've had many times when, when you really tried to do and, and Who am I talking to up in here that, 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 that you don't have a perfect life, but, but hear this, your life is not as bad as it could be. Am I talking to anybody? Uh, <laughs> so, so, so a lot of times in my prayer, I'll say, Lord, remember the good that I have done, the good that I have tried to do. It's another part of that verse, uh, verse 3, that you need to look at, and that's the B portion. And that's when uh, he, not only did he pray, but he cried in his prayer. Uh, I wonder, is there anybody in here who knows something about praying and then crying to God while you're praying? Uh, I, I, I realize that a lot of you don't want other folk to see that part of you. Uh, some of you have been brainwashed uh, thinking that when you cry, that signifies weakness. Uh, but no, that's not the case, and especially if you're crying out to the Lord. So one more time, uh, other than this pastor, other than Hezekiah, is there anybody in here who knows something about praying to to God and then crying while you're praying. Oh, there's a song that I love. I cried and I cried. I cried all night long. My soul just wouldn't be contented until I found the Lord. I've had times when I cried and I cried. But what makes it even greater is when you have prayed and cried out to the Lord and guess what? He heard your prayer. That's, that's, the second, that's the second phase I need to deal with. Who in here knows something about praying and then crying out to the Lord and then hear this, God heard your prayer? <laughs> if you know something about praying and crying out to the Lord and he heard your prayer, I, I think you need to testify up in here right now. Find you, find you somebody. Get you somebody's attention right now. Now, I'm not talking about everybody. I just need the folk who know something about praying and you cry and God heard your prayer. Now, hear this. Uh, uh, you prayed, you cried, and he heard your prayer. Now, if that hasn't happened for you, you just sit back and listen. But if that happened to you, I want you to look at somebody right now and just say, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He pitied my every groan. Go ahead and praise him for that. Go ahead. Uh, Hezekiah prayed and then he cried. And, and, and I want you to see what happened. God heard his prayer. God also saw his tears. Because Isaiah, remember, he came to Hezekiah with the message that you're going to die. God, hear this, Isaiah left the area where Hezekiah was and God stopped him. And God said, go back. <laughs> I want you to go right back to where Hezekiah is, and I want you to tell him that I heard his prayer, and I also saw his tears. Oh, I tell you, that's the kind of God we serve. Hear this. He hears us, and he also feels us. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who hears me and a God who feels 
feels mean because uh, I, 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 everybody don't want to hear us. Uh, and even those who hear us don't want to always feel us. Uh, don't fool yourself. When, uh, when folk ask you how you're doing and you start sharing with them your pain, uh, uh, very few of those folk really want to hear about your pain. But, but aren't you glad to know that there's somebody that's not turning a deaf ear to what you got to say? Uh, he hears us and he feels us. Oh, he feels my pain. Oh, he feels my distress. Oh, he feels my frustration. Oh, he feels my disappointment. I mean, I'm a human being, and I, and I have some feelings sometimes that, that other folk would not understand, and if I shared it with them, they might criticize me, but God hears me. God understands me. God feels me. Is there anybody else up in here glad that you serve a God that hears you and that can feel you? Go ahead and put some more hands together. God, God, God told God told Isaiah, you go back and you tell Hezekiah, I, I've heard him, I, I feel him, I've seen him, and, and, and I'm going to do something for him. I'm going to add to his life 15 more years. You let him know also I'm going to do something for him and the kingdom. They're going to be dis delivered from the, the Assyrians. And, and, and can you imagine Isaiah? Can you imagine Hezekiah? I mean, on Isaiah's end, I mean, he just went to Hezekiah with a message telling him he's going to die. And now God's just done stopped him and said, go back and you tell him just the opposite of what I told you originally. But even more so, can you, can you imagine Hezekiah, <laughs> how he felt? I mean, Isaiah is back in the room. I mean, I, I, if I'm lying, man, I done pray to hear Isaiah come again. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'll be looking at him and I'm look, you already gave me the worst news. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to see Isaiah walk in there again is almost like you again. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just prayed. I just had me a talk with the master, then talked to him good. My, my spirit is uplifted, and here you come again. And, and, and Isaiah, Isaiah came this time. He said, but my message is different. <laughs> the first time I came, I told you to get, set your house in order because you're going to die. But this second time I'm coming, I'm, I'm saying to you that the Lord told me to tell you he heard your prayer. The Lord told me to tell you that he has seen your tears. As a result, he's going to give you 15 more years. He's going to deliver you and, and, and in the kingdom of Israel from Assyria, all because you prayed and he heard your prayer. Somebody put some more hands together. Now hear this, brothers and sisters, we can learn a valuable lesson from Hezekiah at this point. Because you've got to be careful with people who come to you telling you what the Lord told them to tell you. Are y'all listening to me? I mean, Isaiah told Hezekiah, he said, listen, Hezekiah, all you need to do, you get them fig leaves, you lay, you lay it on that ball, you're going to recover. But uh, Hezekiah was saying, you know, I, I, no disrespect to you, prophet, but I, I need to know this is from God. Uh, I mean, after all, you, you, you done rocked my world. You came in here earlier telling me to set my house in order because I'm going to die. And, and here I done prayed and prayed and prayed, cried, cried, and cried. Now you're walking back in my room and you're saying to me now what I wish you would have said to me then. <laughs> 
Are y'all listening to me? <laughs> so, you, so you're telling me, you're giving me mixed messages, and, and, and I need to know this is from God. And I'm only saying this to somebody in here because you got to be careful with people who come to you telling you what the Lord told them to say to you. <laughs> you, you just don't run with what folks say. You run with what God says. And, and Hezekiah is saying, no disrespect, but I need to have the assurance that this is from God. I need a sign. So Isaiah said to Hezekiah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, the shadow, we can, we can, if the, the shadow, we can ask for it to move 10 degrees forward or 10 degrees backwards. In other words, that's like saying we're going to move, we can ask, we can ask God to move time forward or to move time backwards. Well, well Hezekiah said, uh, either way, is a miracle, but it's a great miracle. It's a greater miracle for the dial, for, 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 for the shadow to go backwards 10 degrees. Well, what happened? Isaiah prayed, and God moved the shadow back 10 degrees. I want you to look at your neighbor right now. Say, neighbor, it's no secret what my God can do. Come on and praise him for what your God can do. In other words, brothers and sisters, I come this morning to tell you that God is still a miracle worker. Somebody today, you're sitting in here and you need a miracle. Is there anybody? When I said miracle, you need something that only God can do. No other man, no other person can do. You can't even do it for yourself. I need to know who I'm preaching to before I close this sermon. Who in here, there's something you need and only God can do it. Well, hear this. You are in the right place because I'm sharing with you that God is still a miracle worker. If you know, if you believe it, go ahead and put some more hands together. But there's something that you have to do because it seems like miracles and prayer tend to work hand in hand. Had Hezekiah not prayed... Amen. He would not have experienced 15 more years. There's somebody in here right now. Hear this. God is saying to you, the blessing is available, but you got to talk to me about it. Fact of the matter, let me just go acknowledge God on behalf of all of us right now. Uh, we're here today because of life extension. Oh, yes, we could have been dead and gone. But the reason why we are alive in January of 2024 is because the Lord has extended our life. Do you realize that many times we were driving when we could have been in a fatal accident? Do you realize the time some of you were in the hospital and that, that, that could have turned for the worse? Do you realize that here there's just stepping outside, some, it, it could be a drive-by shooting, but here there's so many other folk who lost their lives that way, uh, you didn't lose yours that way because the hand of the Lord is upon you. I mean, really, I, I, I need to see the hands of folk who, who, who know something about accidents that almost. I mean, you, you, anybody in here, you've had situations where you almost could have been killed, almost. Uh, come on, let me deal with the almost right now. Well, well, all of you who's raising your hand talking about the almost, uh, uh, it almost but did not hear this. Uh, I said almost but did not. Somebody look at your name and say almost. 
but did not. Oh, hear this. It almost but did not because the Lord had your back. It almost but did not because God was smiling on you. It almost but did not because uh, the Lord's hand is upon your life. Uh, you are alive right now because God is keeping you alive. Uh, you're breathing right now because God is uh, enabling you to breathe. I think everybody that got breath right now ought to praise the God who has given us breath. So I'm saying to somebody right now, if you need a miracle... God is saying, I am a miracle worker, but you're going to have to talk to me. Are y'all with me here? I mean, before I proceed, is there anybody up in here that recognizes that Jesus is on the main line? Come on, come on now, don't play church with me. You can tell him whatever you want. I'm here to tell you that he will answer prayer. Fact of the matter, in our text, we're reading about Hezekiah. But I need to close by telling you about Jesus. Because even though he, yes, was man's perfect God and God's perfect man, he still found the need to pray. And it was there on Calvary where he prayed. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when he concluded his journey on the cross, he prayed one more time. And he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Well, y'all know the story. I said, you all know the story. Because after he gave up the ghost, after he released his spirit, he died. Do I have a witness here? I said, he died. Didn't he die? I need some folk in the balcony. That's a witness that he died. I need some folk on this bottom level. That is a witness that he died. He died on a Friday, was buried in a borrowed tomb. But early, y'all don't want to have church here. I said, but early Sunday morning, he got on up with all power in heaven and in earth. Do I have a witness? My brothers and sisters, I come by to tell you that the Lord will answer prayer. I like when the male chorus sing that song and it says, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, but Jesus. Uh, but Jesus took me in and then a little light from heaven filled my soul it bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above just a little talk with Jesus made me whole 
now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. He will. I said he will. He will hear our faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn and then you know a little fire is burning. Just find a little talk with Jesus. It makes it all right. I come by to tell somebody up in here you don't need a psychiatrist. You don't need to have a drink. All you need is a talk with Jesus and he will make it alright if you don't do anything else I say keep a Jesus on the prayer line cause I've already said that Jesus it's on the main line. You can tell him just what you want. I have learned how to call him up. I'll dial one, and then I'll dial one, and then I'll dial one again. And when I dial one, 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 it means one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost is anybody up in here that knows that the Lord will answer prayer who in here know that God is a prayer God who in here you made it this far because you know something about calling on his name ain't God alright I need you to testify another time look at your neighbor and say neighbor he may not come when you want him but he's always right on time ain't God alright he's an old time God. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, I, I, I know that God will uh, answer prayer uh, when I feel like uh, I want to just throw in the towel. Uh, I'll pray. Uh, I am weak, uh, but uh, the mighty uh, hold me uh, with your powerful hand. Uh, when I'm hungry, I'll say bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. When I'm caught between a rock and a hard place, I'll say guide me over the great Jehovah, a pilgrim through this barren land. When I need 
somebody to hold my hand. I'll say, precious Lord, a precious Lord, take my hand and lead me lest I stand. I got to leave y'all alone, but sometimes in my life, I have a rough sometimes, and when it gets rough, I got another prayer. Anybody want to pray with me right now? I said I got another prayer. I say when the storm, when the storms of life are raging, Stand, stand by me. Uh, who in here knows that you made it? Because the Lord uh, has been standing by you. Did He stand by you when you were on your sick bed? Did He stand by you when you were down? Did He stand by you when you were broke? Did He stand by you? When folk were talking about you, uh, did he stand by you? When you had to raise your children, uh, did he stand by you? When you had problems on your job, uh, did he stand by you? Is there anybody up in here that knows the Lord will stand by you? I'm walking in my destiny. I'm walking. Uh, in victory because the Lord uh, is standing by me. I've stood all of these years uh, preaching the word of God because the Lord uh, is standing by me. Ain't God alright? And I know if the Lord is for me uh, he's more uh, than the world uh, can be against me. Ain't God alright? Is there anybody that feel like praising him for how he stood by you? Won't God, I said won't God, won't God make a way out of no way? Won't it do it? Look at your neighbor one more time and say neighbor, I I know that he will. He'll do it. Yes, he will. He'll do it. Yes. Yes, he will. God, he will. God, yes, he will. God,
got to do it. Because he's that kind of a... Thank you.